Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome, everyone, to the live edition of The Distraction. I apologize for the delay as we stared blankly into things because I do not know if this is working at all, and I hope it's actually working. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined by Joel Holbert. Joe, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very happy because I can confirm by the power of my iPhone that we are, in fact, live, pal. Oh I'm very God. excited. We are live. This is the first of an annual tradition, the trade the trade deadline show. Um, we could also do free agency, but I'm going to leave that until until July, Jeremy. You can you can chill for now. This will be the last of lives. Enjoy them for now. This is a big occasion, Jeremy. I'm very excited to talk about basketball. Apparently, you want to talk about wrestling, uh, which we can do a little bit of if you must. But yes, very good, very big day for us. You know, we did the um, NBA draft podcast with Sean mm. and I and um, I, I apologize I forgot his name but he, he's another North Carolina guy from from Knockdown Media and it did big numbers bowl bowl big draw on the NBA draft podcast <laughs> well that's how as you know and you know this has become our trademark is big numbers is what we kind of what we kind of look into we're you know we're here to be an attraction we're a big deal we know that Everyone knows that who talks to me on the streets about the show. So, you know, I've been walking around, people said, oh, are you going to go live? Are you going to go live? I said, of course we're going to go live. You know, that's what the people want. That's what we're going to do. So I said to you, well in advance, Jeremy, I said, this go live. It was well in advance, wasn't it? It was last week. And uh, and here we are. You know, we're waiting for big news. We're waiting for this uh, Chris Paul to um, Sixers trade for Al Horford's corpse. And uh, I'm very excited. I've been told I have an echo on my mic, so hopefully it's fixed a little bit right now as I changed my settings, and if it's not, I don't know what I can do about that. I don't know either, because you've got no uh, um, echo for me, so yeah. As long as you can hear me. Nobody else is listening to this, I don't think. No, I mean, why would they? It's an NBA trade (laughs) trade deadline show live on a professional wrestling YouTube channel. Let's get into this and try to not talk so much tech stuff. Yeah, the, we, we set up this live episode last week, not at 8 o'clock this morning when you decided to message me and said, let's go live, and I completely freaked out. Um, the distraction, we usually talk, well, I mean, we talk a little bit of basketball, but we set five minutes on the clock, and we just talk about that topic for five minutes. We go a little bit over, and then we go and then we move on to the next topic. It's a free-for-all today, yes. Joe. It is a complete free-for-all. We are looking at the NBA trade deadline. We're, we're going to keep up with that. If you see me turning my attention to elsewhere, it's because I'm looking at the TV to see if any big trades have broken so we can discuss it. I apologize, everyone, for the echo. I 
I don't know what I can do about that. I've tried to change my microphone settings to where they they used to be on the podcast, and I don't think there's been any echo previously on the podcast. So I'm I'm not sure what I can do about this echo. Um. <laughs> anyway, what wrestling are we talking about, Joe? We're talking about all the wrestling, Jeremy. I don't know. Where do you want to start? Would you like to start on the Wednesday Night Wars? Or sure. would you like to go? Sure, we can talk Wednesday Night Wars. What, what would you like to discuss from there? Do you want to talk about Cody getting his lashings? Yes. Big time. You told me this was polarizing, right? That's a, The timeline was very divided on this um, because there's the obvious uh, allusions to, to slavery and being Black History Month in February okay. and stuff. And so, you know, a lot of people were upset about that, but... I thought it was a, a good angle. It's a pro wrestling angle. There was also the, you know, Cody being Jesus Christ, MJF being a Jewish man. So there was, look, you can turn this into anything you want, Joe. Yeah, I thought it I, was just a good wrestling angle. I thought it was a great wrestling angle. I loved when, um, I thought Dustin Rhodes was the highlight of this whole segment, which is amazing because Cody and MJF were great, but there was true, like, agony on his face, right? When he came out and said, I would take the rest of them. Man, this this is really good. I don't know what the perception is as far as what was the best show this Wednesday, uh, but this angle was definitely the headline. I guess Velveteen Dream came back was a big deal, maybe. But this was the headline. I thought AEW is like, is it? Can we say it's found its like niche, like its balance? Can we say they've done that now, or is it still? Is it still not there for you? I think it has. No, I think it has. I think the and look, that Dark Order segment to, to close 2019 was a huge Dark. miss. And yeah. apparently Tony Khan was like, all right, I'm taking things over now and, and we're going to get back on track. And I think just about every episode in 2020 has has done that. There There's still been some issues, but I think overall it, it's been much better. I agree. I think, obviously, we've spoken about this before when we talk about my faves and all that good stuff, but the uh, the Hangman page business is the is the best. Like, you know, MJF and Cody, you kind of know that stuff's going to be good. Same with Mox and uh, and Jericho. It's hard to really go wrong because, like, they're, they're really dynamic characters. They're great performers. You put them together and it's, you know, they're inspired and they're, they're doing good stuff. But the Hangman page stuff is interesting because... I think when we started this pod, it was because like we kind of expected it would lead to a heel turn, right, for Paige. I don't think you can do that heel turn anymore, man. He's like the best, biggest baby face on the show. That's the only interest me. How are they going to get to a split or a match with Omega without turning one of them? Or do they just turn him and make sure none of us care? Yeah, I don't think you can turn Hangman Page no. at this point. It's so organic and he's so over. I mean, a guy who who drinks beer a lot is very appealing to a wrestling audience. I guess he is. They, yeah. <laughs> is that a Sandman reference? I can't think of any other famous wrestler. You know, there was no other ones, right? None. None of the. <laughs> I actually. don't know if you're being sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I'm not, man. You know, I I remember stunning Steve. But I don't know what stunning came of him. Stunning Steve was a was a big beer drinker. I, I legitimately didn't even think of like, oh yeah, people in the past have just drinking beer. I kind of just grouped wrestling fans as yeah wrestling fans probably like to drink a lot <laughs> okay yeah true i mean it was like you know it was a pretty big deal when you know when when steve austin drunk the beer but i understand that was a bit of an old reference you know usually we're more timely than that these days uh, on the podcast i referenced psycho last week a 1960 thriller so i understand why it caught you off guard but um what else was on this show was there anything else of note on this show there was no luther that's a oh i have something to talk about 
the Luffy thing's a big deal. If you'd like to get upset about that, you can. What are we getting upset about? The fact that but there's just, just no Luther? Yeah, that's the... <laughs> of course. That's the biggest like travesty of all. Why is he not in the opening segment, closing match? I don't understand. Yeah, well, he had to cut Sean Ross Sapp's hair, and it, that broke up the Nightmare Collective. I mean, Brandy was out there during the Cody segment, and she, she was not an, an evil witch, so... I don't. I don't think the nightmare. Wait, what collective happened to the done? nightmare collective? I don't think they're done. Where? Okay. What? But so awesome have... Kong got kicked out. When? <laughs> AEW Dark. Do you not watch the? Oh come show? on, man! That's disrespectful. You drop an AEW Dark scoop on me. Uh, this is ridiculous behavior. They did an angle on AEW Dark. They did do an angle on AEW Dark that oh. got Awesome Kong kicked out of the Nightmare Collective. This isn't Luther's fault, is it? Because I don't want it to be. It's not. It's Sean's fault. His hair divided them. I can't believe. So there is a chance that we just don't see the Nightmare Collective again, I feel. (laughs) I Look, that would be a travesty. It would, um, right? That would be terrible. proportions because we've got to have Luther. I have so many ideas for Luther. Yes. I'm I'm aware. I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm very excited too. But one thing I will say, this... A lot of people are upset about the Brandy thing. That's like just modern wrestling storytelling. There's like layers to the reality, right? Like, And when there's a really serious angle, oh my goodness, what's happening here? Knicks, Marcus Morris, Mo Harkless. My God. Um, so Marcus Morris, is that official? He's going to the Clippers? Shams has got it, finalising it. They're finalising it, Jeremy. They're finalising oh, it. Oh, Shams, okay. Shams scooped Woj on that. He's done him again. That's why they haven't hit the button on the um, ESPN made a four of him. He's made a four of him live on the distraction. <laughs> um, what was he talking about? Luther. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Luther's good. I, I, oh, yeah. I see okay. So there's like layers to the reality. So when there's a really serious angle, like they confirm it's serious by having time break, <laughs> break character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like a modern thing, right? NXT does it a lot. Like it's like, listen, man, all that cutting people's hair stuff's fun and all, but when it gets to this, this is different level. Come out and help your husband. This is more important than that. But I do have something interesting to say about AEW. Not that the last 10 minutes have been anything, but, but uh, Santana's promo, this was this was a big step forward because in uh, Impact, is ready for this? I'm going to bring out my Impact knowledge, Jeremy. You ready? In Impact, this team was not just like, oh, they have cool matches. Santana was an awesome character in Impact, dude. Like as the, as the spokesperson for the team and the guy who had to kind of step up and speak back to Conan or Kingston or whoever it would be, he was awesome in that role. So it was great when he snatched the mic from Jericho and he had like his moment. That was great. I thought that, all that stuff was good. They're calling it an eye for an eye match with him and Moxley. Oh my goodness. Is that more or less exciting than the fist fight with the big show? Oh, but I, I, like, what is an eye for an eye match, though? I, they, I mean, they've already, seen... like, they're already both partially blind. So is that what it is? Like, yeah. They're both just partially blind and they're going to wrestle? Like, all right, we've seen Moxley with one eye wrestle. It doesn't really change a whole lot. But I think the loser should have their other eye stabbed and then they just have to go blind. Yeah, but that would be an interesting investment as a wrestling company, right? Like just booking a match to destroy the eyesight of one of your wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, you've already destroyed one eye of Moxley, one eye of for Santana. If you're going to do an eye for an eye match, then the, the other eye has to be taken out. And then they can run a blind angle where I assume Santana... Maybe Moxley loses, and then Moxley goes into the AEW Revolution bout against Jericho, and he's blind. 
And we get the first mm. ever blind world champion. I don't know if it's first ever, wow. but that's what we're rolling with. You covered your, you covered your traces there with the first <laughs> ever. I like that. You didn't want to be getting a DM from someone who won a world title as a blind person on some independent. You know, that would have been terrible for the brand, wouldn't it? Yes, the distraction. Exactly. Um, I prefer AEW to NXT every single week and I, uh, to the point where I actually start to feel bad about it because I don't know why. I have no clue why this happened. Felt I would never have predicted it. back, though, Joe. I know. I think, like, I think the NXT roster is better. I'm pretty sure the matches are much better. But, like, I enjoy AEW more for reasons I'm still not quite sure of. And it may be that I am co-opted without realising it. Did, you know? Is that Tony Khan checking the mail? I mean, Jim Ross once again called Penelope Ford a Jezebel. That might be the reason. <laughs> is that cancelled? Jeremy, is Jezebel a bad word now? I, because I, I saw, so. I saw, I saw some talk. I saw some talk people upset with Jim. And I want anyone to know, if you're watching this and you were upset with Jezebel being used by Jim Ross, man, you're missing out on the best part of the show, in my opinion, because I thought it was just tremendous. I enjoyed that match, too. I'm enjoying things I really... I have no interest in entering them. That's just where I'm at with AEW. So maybe I'm co-opted. Maybe the check's in the mail. However, you know what show it's not as good as? What's that? Monday Night Raw, which is back to its best. Heyman is is a completely, god. yes, he's completely transformed Raw. I, I enjoy Raw. It doesn't feel like it's a chore anymore. Yes. Like, it's he's, three hours, but it does not feel like a chore like it used to be. The Oscars are coming up, right? Ready for another reference? Big reference. Paul Heyman is professional wrestling's Quentin Tarantino. I don't know who that you... is. Wow, bold. Okay, well, <laughs> that, that throws me off a little bit. But you accept the quirks, okay? You accept, you know, sometimes a little odd. He's a strange guy sometimes. Maybe the love triangle stuff is a little bit weird. But when he gets it right, all you can do is just sit back and say, he's done it again, you know? It was, you know, if you can get, I said this, I think, last week, but it's the truth. If you can get Tommy Dreamer and Sandman across as major babyface stars, then Drew McIntyre is just a home run. <laughs> and then, and then in one month, Drew McIntyre has got more momentum than he had captured in, like, six cumulative years of WWE booking. And that's the way it should be, you know? Raw's great. I love it. It's a very strong show. I... The Drew McIntyre stuff is very good. I liked Rhea Ripley coming out and essentially setting up that match for WrestleMania. The Becky Lynch stuff right now can not probably not as good as it as it could be because Becky Lynch was the biggest star this time last year, and now it just feels like she doesn't have a whole lot going on. The the sooner they can just get Shayna up there and and get that whole thing going, the better. Do you think I'm I'm assuming that there's a chamber match coming for the Raw women? Do you think I'm off base here? No, I they've got I mean they've got to set up the challenger in some way or another and the chamber match would make the most sense. Then I don't know how you're setting up the challenger oh. for Oh. for oh, I thought, So you so you're thinking do a Raw chamber with just the contenders to set up the main match, right? Is that what you're yeah. saying? What were you thinking? Well, I was thinking have Becky defend it in the chamber and then like Shayna you set that after. That's what I was thinking. Oh, evil works. I don't. Do they have like if you if you do the roll chamber? I'm spinning my my wheels in, in my head here. If you do the roll chamber six here, right? for for the challengers, <laughs> you do the roll chamber for the challengers. Like you have Becky, you have Oscar. I guess you do Kyrie. Who else do you put Ruby and and Liv? Liv. 
Is that who you're putting in there for Sarah Logan? She's there. Sarah Natalia. Logan. Oh, I forgot Natalia. No, like SmackDown's division is clearly set up for a chamber match, but I think they're going to just do the Naomi Bailey deal, right? That's what it feels like. So yeah, but is that Mania? I, I don't know if they're stretching that until Mania. No, they're not. No, they're definitely not. I, I no. hope. Like, I think it'd be great if they did. I think that's a, that's a great feud. But I don't <laughs> think they are. It, I mean. This is the the thing with SmackDown is interesting. Is he's like Cleveland is getting Detroit's Andre Drummond. What? That's a legitimate bomb. I have not. That's got a world wow. bomb. This oh, is a distraction, man. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Andre Drummond going to Cleveland. Oh, they're gonna pay him all the money in the summer. This is gonna roll, man. <laughs> oh, oh, this is wonderful. This is why we had to be live. That's delightful. I love it. What what a deal that is. That's going to help their defense in a big way, let me tell you. <laughs> That's mean. I, okay. watched, I watched Cleveland last <laughs> night. They played OKC. Uh, that that that's a team that doesn't play a whole lot of defense. No, and... that's, an, that's an incredible team to watch. Him and Kevin Love as a front call, energy-wise, could be one of the most incredible things to watch in league history, in my opinion. They're going to get a lot of rebounds. Like Kevin Love sure is a will. rebounder, and I mean, they're, they're yep. going to have a lot of shots to rebound. So. It's going to be great. It's going to be great fun to watch. Can't wait. Um, wrestling, wrestling. Oh, oh yeah. So, like, SmackDown hinges on the Sasha Banks thing, right? That's that's the truth. Yeah, yeah Sasha. Where, where, was, is, where is Sasha Banks, Jeremy? Sasha, Do you know? Sasha was on After the Bell with Corey Graves today giving uh the storyline line that her ankle is still hurt and she said she's a hundred percent but she needs to be a hundred and twenty five percent before she she can wrestle and so she says she can barely walk she's a hundred percent but can barely walk which i don't know what she'd be like if she was like 95 percent. that that seems tough do we have any idea what's actually the situation is there? Like, do we have any clue whatsoever? No, she's just not cleared. Um, Sean reported uh, at the Royal Rumble that she she just wasn't cleared. So the Pistons are getting Brandon Knight, John Henson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, this is, I told you that the format is out the window for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. We are... I. My my teasers did not lie, just like Joe's hits will not That's lie. That's the funniest. That is on. the funniest thing, man. He was in the middle of talking about Sasha Banks' injury. Wow, <laughs> incredible. Uh, the Pistons get... are getting Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second round pick. That doesn't seem like a lot for Andre Drummond. I mean, sure. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have wanted to extend him in the summer, so I'd have traded him for anything, too. Yeah, it's weird that... That's fair. I guess Atlanta got Capella, so they, they, they was the original, initially the team, weren't they? Yeah, yeah Atlanta was, was trying was going after Drummond. They were also linked to uh, Stephen Adams, which hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, it's not going to happen now, but hopefully Adams doesn't go anywhere, period. Hang on a sec. Okay, yeah. I thought my notifications just exploded there. I thought it was just Drummond. Don't worry. Um... <laughs> Yes, I assume. To be honest with you, man, the SmackDown Women's title match is probably just going to be like a six-pack challenge or something. I'm just going to be honest with you, Jeremy. I know it's going to disappoint you, but it's the truth. All right, it's probably I, going to be like a multi-woman bonanza. Yeah, I think if Bailey or if if Sasha like isn't ready and they can't, because that's an angle that you shouldn't rush. Like <laughs> I, I mean, they. It feels like they've been building to it. Remember, they were supposed to wrestle last year. 
at WrestleMania. But year before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they've been building for it for like two years, and then I'm saying don't rush it. But it really is something that you, you should yeah. not rush because that that's a big match, and you can't just throw it together. Like, okay, she's finally cleared. Let's do the match now with, with two weeks' notice. I do wonder a little bit if we're like if we're doing the wrestling fan thing of like we've convinced ourselves of saying it's not true. Like I do there's a part of me that just feels like if we just did that match or swearing it would be like, Okay, that's cool. Like I don't know if it's I don't know. We do this sometimes. We fool ourselves and pretend these matches are bigger deals than they are, but maybe it would be. It would be big on Twitter, definitely. Like you know, Twitter would be very excited, but I don't know how much like you know, an hour five of WrestleMania when Bailey comes out. I don't know if like the WrestleMania crowds are like, yeah, here we go, it's we're ready. I don't know if that's the case, but yeah, it's a big deal. It's the biggest match on SmackDown anyway. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, are you in or are you out? I'm a fan of that. I I think Charlotte is great, and Rhea has. Oh, you seem surprised that I. No, think I, I actually great. agree, but okay. like, this is a wrestling podcast, and like both of us like charlotte flair like what are we doing here are we try to build an audience here what are we doing uh and and Rhea has been on you know they they rocket strapped her as She's a, a vibe. yeah so i i'm all for that and it's something new you know it's not charlotte and becky for the hundredth time it's not charlotte and bailey for the hundredth time like this is a fresh matchup as well would you add bianca or no i wouldn't be mad if they did because i like I'm a big believer that Bianca is ready to be the face of the division. And there, it seems like they're putting others ahead of her right or wrong. And so I am just wondering when that time is going to come. You add it to her here the, for WrestleMania. I mean, that that's the stage for her. She's going to shine. It is very interesting that, right? Like, you know, the kind of the power struggle between like all of the NXT women that we think are headed for big things. Like, how they're going to transition from the horsewomen era to them. Like, how how do they do that? Do they do it, so, like, slowly? Because Rhea Ripley is already wrestling at WrestleMania against Charlotte. So, like, they're on track. They're on the road to doing this push. Like, they're not just going to slow it down so they can do more with, like, the current crop. There's a, there's a shift here that's going to happen at some point, I feel. Which is weird because, like, I'm pretty sure Bianca's older in, like, in, like, in actual age. I think she's older than Sasha maybe bailey i feel so i don't know it's a strange it's a strange situation in that sense dude i think she is but i mean i'm probably wrong let's be honest but, I'm, I'm going to to look this up i do not know the age of, of bianca belair but i don't feel like she's <laughs> she's that old i think i think she's older than we, we've realized because she's like a wrestling newcomer basically is what she, i'm saying she is 30 years old i mean that's not old but no it's not old, imagination no. i mean no. if 30 is old then i'm old as well um, but I I think Sasha's still in her twenties. Yeah, this Sasha, is, Sasha's is twenty-eight. Audio. So yeah, it's just it's just it's like it doesn't really matter because obviously wrestling years she's way younger because just the level right. of matches and stuff. But it's just interesting. I just think at some point they're gonna have to make the shift. Rhea Ripley is just legitimately very young. She's probably gonna win every match in wrestling history for the next twenty years. Are you ready for that? Because I am. Poor Chris Haynes, like five minutes after Woj and Shane <laughs> tweeted about the. Uh, Andre Drummond trade is like, oh yeah, league sources confirmed to Yahoo that this trade is happening. I'm sure he's replied very calm. I'm sure they I haven't even got notifications on Chris Haynes. I'm sorry, I know that's disrespectful, but I just haven't. I feel we've got another big deal coming here, you know? There's, I, I mean, there's still over a half hour left and deals can... There was one year where, like, five minutes after the deadline, every point guard in the league got traded. 
Um, it was it was the same time like, that that was the Reggie Jackson OKC traded oh, Reggie Jackson <laughs> to Detroit, and they they got that was the Enos Cantor trade, and like every point guard, I think Eric Bledsoe got dealt. There was like four or five different point guards that got traded, and it was like uh, five ten minutes after the deadline. Are you expecting any business here at home, OKC? Okay, so are you expecting a Gallinari? Are you expecting Chris Paul's staying? Right, that's that's not happening. Yeah. The, OKC's in a position of, of power because the team is somehow good and they're fun. Like they're they're the sixth seed in the West right now. No nobody saw that coming. And How many games off Houston are you? Not they're they're within like two games of the, the four seed. The top three are kind of set with the two LA teams in Denver, but mm. after that it gets, it gets muddied with Utah, uh Houston, OKC, and Dallas. And they're they're all within two games of each other. So they could legitimately get to the the four seed i don't suspect that'll happen but it's not out of the realm of possibility if galinari stays it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility we'll talk about houston in depth but we do have to do a little bit more wrestling talk i feel because talk about the fed dying oh yeah that's in our big teaser i mean we deliver everything in our teaser joe we definitely don't, and I'm avoiding the topic of the Fed dying because he's very sad, right? You know, I watched the uh, Lonely Road of Faith uh, video montage 15 times before we went live, and I was just thinking about all the glory days, you know, all the great times, the stock report, the end is near. We know that. I'm happy for Billy Corgan that he's taken over wrestling. Uh, I don't know, man. What do you want me to say? It's a tragedy, right? We've lost, we've lost the leader in the industry, you know? What's your favorite moment from the Fed? Definitely when... Um, after she'd won the woman's title at SummerSlam, Sasha Banks uh, came out on Raw, and Alexa Bliss was like, you're a loser. You'll always be a loser. And uh, even me, uh, oh, James Johnson traded for Gorgie Deng. That's a, that's big a move. move. Big move. Um, she came out, and she was like, you know, you're a loser. You'll always be a loser. And I just, you know, I remember thinking, well, this is probably means Sasha's going to win this match that they have. You know, she's going to defend the title. And then Alexa just DDT'd her and won. It's one of the great, I mean, it's one of the best moments in the history of sport. Like, I I believe, Jeremy, okay, what year are we in now? 2020? I suspect 2038 I'll be making an ESPN 30 for 30 just about that, just about that match. That's what I suspect. Just about Alexa Bliss calling Sasha Banks a loser and their subsequent and then match. Just, yeah, and then just proving that she was in fact a loser. That was an incredible victory. Like that, that would be what I remember when I when I attended the uh, World Wrestling Federation's funeral. I will be standing there thinking of that DDT, you know, and the stunned silence that came across the arena that night. I mean, the funeral <laughs> is next week, isn't it? Yes, of course. Yeah, what so... about you? What's your favourite moment? Is it when um, uh, King Mabel won the uh, King of the Ring? <laughs> he wasn't king though when he won it. He became a king by winning there. Yeah, carry on. It's when Brock Lesnar returned and kicked John Cena's hat. Oh yeah, that was that's a good one. That was that was an actual good answer. But I don't think it resonated to the degree that the Sasha Banks one did. Sasha Banks being a loser, not as big of a deal as John Cena's hat. Yeah, because it was like a game changer, you know. But I understand what you're saying. I feel the, the majority would agree with you, but look, you know, look where Brock has come. I mean, since then, like Brock's yeah. been untouchable since then he completely changed the business when he kicked that hat he did lose to triple h though which is amazing he lost the match to john cena right after that uh, extreme rules like yeah and i understood that in principle of like it's weird right the first couple years when brock came back it took them a while to decide okay he's just gonna be champ forever and never lose right like he lost to cena 
And then he had like a 12-year feud with Triple H in which he lost the match. And then at some point they were just like, okay, he's here to stay. We might as well just make him Brock Lesnar again. It's fun. I mean, he has been in this role now for legitimately about six years, though, which just feels a little bit a little bit long. Oh, but I still enjoy it. You still enjoy it. I know you like it a lot, right? Brock Lesnar is the best thing about Raw. I mean, we just got done praising Raw, and now we didn't even mention the true, absolute it? best thing about Raw. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on Raw. Mojo Rawley has, like, Riddick Moss. As That's just one of the best. Offensive ones. linemen. I want Mojo to build yeah. a whole team. Like that, that's maybe that's the best moment yeah. is, is Riddick Moss being the <laughs> offensive lineman. Best moment in fan history. That's up there for sure. Speaking of good moments, were you excited for Ruby Riot's return this week? Um, I missed it live because I had a, a dinner <laughs> wow. obligation, but okay, I, I am fair. excited that, that Ruby Riot is back. Big fan of Ruby Riot, and I thought the, the, the turn was kind of telegraphed though. Yeah, it was. I mean, at some point, and this is not an issue with this particular thing, like, I get it totally. Ruby Wright's great, but they are going to have to, like, start putting some of these women together for tag teams at some point, right? Like, I assume that at some point someone's going to go, man, maybe we should just pair, like, two women and make them a team. Because there's only so many times you can watch the same tag matches. And I thought Ruby and Liv as a babyface team would have been, like, fun. But Ruby, I guess, what do you think? Is her ceiling higher as a heel or babyface in WWE? Do they have any women's tag teams on Raw besides the actual champions? No. Maybe I mean maybe Ruby and and Lana are gonna be a tag team now. I and then then Liv can get Sarah Logan and I mean this this is how you kick off the reestablish the the women's tag team division. Cool. Liv and Sarah, yeah. uh, Ruby and Lana, Natalia and somebody. Yeah, you have better ideas I think than that, but. <laughs> This was certainly an idea. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I I have to give some credit on this because none of us like the angle and we'll whine about it, but like, this Lana thing has got live over to an extent, right? Like, it has actually worked to some degree. People made noise and stuff during that match on Monday. People made right? noise during the Liv and Lana match? Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, total side. When, like, Liv won, people were like, yeah, people cheer a little bit. They main evented the previous week, and then they were on, like, the first match on the show this week. Yeah. Yeah, but that just shows their versatility, Joe. <laughs> <right? laughs> Has anyone watched both matches, one after the other, to ensure that they wasn't the exact same match? <laughs> because I'm not convinced. They may have been the exact same match. Was it Either, ever... like, literally, or just layout-wise. Was it ever really explained of, like, the, them being lovers? Like, they never really dived no. into that. No, why would, you, why would you explain it or give any sort of detail to it where you could just get, like, a just a Twitter explosion for just one sentence and then just never go back to it, never reference it again. Yeah, it was great. That's what wrestling's for, you know? People were very worried that they, they weren't going to do this angle justice and then they just decided, well, we're just not really going to do this angle at all. The thing that's great about that is, is you know that in that debate there were some people that were like, man, they've changed now. Like, they're going to treat this with some real respect and dignity <laughs> and, like, as if they were ever going to talk about it again. It's just an excuse to have to enter live in this. I don't know. How long, like... You know Liv went out and she kind of had some, uh, oh, God, this is very, my phone's very scary on, on trade deadline. This is very, very scary. You know, I feel like, whoa, do you know when the texts are going? Um, you know Liv went home and she was like, like they changed her character and all that business. How long before she came back do you think they knew this was where it was going to be? Because I, I legitimately think it was about two days. I, that might be giving them too much credit. 
on, yeah, on two days. Like they ran those vignettes of you know Liv Morgan oh, yeah. makeover, and I was like, all right, well, where is this leading to? And then she just came out during the wedding, and it's like, okay, she has been made over, but what was the purpose of all of this? Yeah, it's bad. You know what wasn't bad though? I know this is a topic, so I'm gonna I'm gonna link this for us here, Jeremy. The NWA is, as we know, saving professional wrestling and. Uh, this week's power. Last week we was talking. This is where we get carried away. We were sitting there. Nick Howe, this is the best talker in wrestling. We spoke for about for twenty minutes, and Eddie Kingston was like, "Hey, listen, Nick Aldis did a good segment over eleven minutes. Give me sixty seconds, and I'll, I'll tell you the best talker is." This promo ruled, man. How good was this promo? It was a. Eddie Kingston has been very underrated for many years. I remember watching him in ROH when he was doing the the last of the dying breed stuff mm-hmm. like the promos back then were always something completely different than what you yeah. would see elsewhere and he, he just for one reason or another like never got a big shot like he, he was in impact with the the feud with uh lax and stuff and was very good he, in that role as well he but, deserved better from that run. yeah that was crazy how did he get brought in as like an actual television character like an actual real one on a wrestling show he came in he was awesome he delivered, he nailed it, and then like he just was gone. And I understand the character had kind of reached its like the peak of its arc, I guess. But, man, he deserved better from that run. But you're right, definitely. You know, there's a lot of rest in his art talk these days. You told me four weeks ago, five weeks ago, the business has changed. But, like, Eddie Kingston is a legit artist, right? Like, for, like, 15 years now, longer than that, dude's really made people care about him, you know? And he hasn't always had the backing. In fact, he's very rarely had any kind of backing, but people care, man. He, he gets a, he gets emotion. I mean, this minute, you laugh, then you get, like, the fire and the anger, and then you get sympathetic towards him. You know, he elevated Homicide just by the way he spoke about him. He elevated Pope's, like, heel character by pointing out how much of a dick he was. And then by the end of it, you just love Eddie Kingston. This was this was so good. So good. And this is what, the when we talk about NWA and what it can be, this is it, man. Just... A talent like that is perfect for this format. He's so perfect for it. And I hope they don't... I thought they'd fumbled this angle a little before before that segment because they'd made it like this weird... Where they acted like we'd seen it. I don't think we had. But, um, man, one segment. That was all it needed. And Pope was great too. We shouldn't, we shouldn't forget Pope. But, yeah, uh, Eddie Kingston is awesome. I was worried that Eddie Kingston wouldn't really fit with the NWA because it doesn't mm. seem like... He doesn't seem like the kind of character you you would think they they would go for. Like him in that studio setting, to me, feels kind of kind of weird. Like he, I don't really? know. Like he, it seems like they kind of go with kind of larger than life sort of characters or kind of oh, more, okay. more hokey characters. And Eddie Kingston is like really neither of that to me. He he's very like straightforward and almost has uh, a, a thug personality. I guess I don't know, hopefully I can say that, and like it just didn't seem like it would fit with the the NWA style. But he's such a good talker that it completely works for him. I think he's changed for NWA purposes. I think he has changed his style a, a slight amount. I think, but I I don't know because you know I, I'm not really in a position to tell you what influences he's taken for his promos. But I will say legitimately, like we were talking about Nick Aldis last week. I don't know if there's anyone better than Eddie, man, at talking. Talking me into a match, I think he might be. Like, I'm all in on this. This situation with Homicide and the Dawsons is like, this is my main wrestling fault this week. Uh, 
that's the art, right? Like, there's so many good matches each week. You know, AEW and NXT have a combined 10 great matches every week. But that actually gripped me. I actually couldn't wait to see. Like, I hope they don't do a turn. Do you feel they're going to do a turn? I don't know if you know spoilers. If you do, don't tell me live on air. But do you think they're going to do a turn here where Eddie, like, does go with Pope and betrays his pal homicide? I hope not. I have read the spoilers. Oh, no. So I, I'm not going to, <laughs> oh, no. to say anything. Oh, take take that what you will. I don't I don't want to spoil anything for you, Joe. I want you to be surprised that there is a turn. I want you to be surprised that there isn't a turn. So, okay, that's very scary. That's very, very scary. But, yeah, it was a great promo. Well, that's what I will say. NWA, the other thing as well was the uh, Allison K rematch was very good too. That, I still, like... I'm kind of amazed at how good that pay-per-view match was. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm just, it just blew me away. I didn't think it'd be anywhere near that good. And the pay-per-view match was amazing. The TV match obviously is not, you know, it's not the same, but uh, it was still very good. I feel this week, NWA like didn't do any of the comedy ads or anything. They didn't do any, like they changed the theme, which I didn't like. I preferred into the fire, but it feels like they're slightly taking a different step for season three. By the way, it's another thing. Do you like the seasons thing? Do you think they should be called seasons even though they like one month TV? <laughs> yeah, they don't take any like breaks. Like usually if there's a season, there's a yeah. break in between. Like they, yeah. they don't take any breaks for their season. So if they at least if they took like a one or two week break, I think it'd make more sense. But because they don't, it's just like Alright, it's a season because it's like it's after the pay-per-view. But no one actually says they also don't even do like a great job of like um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? They they don't they don't tell you that it's really seasons outside of hey it's a new season it's a season premiere it's a season yeah. finale like on their intros on their titles it doesn't say NWA Power season two episode three title of the thing it just says NWA Power episode eighteen title so if you're just mm. looking at that you just think it's just one continuous the longest weekly running episodic uh nwa powered stream on youtube i like what you did there you tributed the fallen federation i enjoyed that because you know we're paying homage to them this week the whole show are you gonna at the start of the show did we put like a graphic up r.i.p we should have <laughs> we should have done that definitely um, I just hold up a piece of paper. Like I, I, I my tech <laughs> skills are not something to where I would know how to put up a graphic. But we are live, pal. We are live. You know, I saw. I said before, this is a big deal. This people are going to come back all year now. Everyone's going to be thinking, man, I can't wait for next trade deadline. You know, they're going to be watching the finals this year, thinking maybe this is fun, but who's going to be moving next year? You know, and when are the distraction going to tell me about it? We're going to so, have to uh, do. We're going to have to do a podcast on June. How many days are there in June? Thirty days in June, I believe on uh june 30th at midnight and and do the big free agent yes. frenzy although the free agent field this year is not good like nobody's yeah, sticking no, we around shouldn't do that. no one's sticking around to know where uh demar Derozan if he opts in or anything oh no oh no oh no oh. james ennis james ennis he's no james ennis has left the sixers please Let's well, let's talk about the Sixers. They oh, no, oh, they no. have five guys who can post up oh. and nobody can, who can shoot. Oh, and no. then they traded for Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. You're a Sixers fan, Joe. What's uh, what's your consensus on this deal? This has been a really tough week of Sixers fandom. On the what day? It was Thursday day. Monday night, I believe it was. Monday night we played. Um, we played a good team. The Heat. We played the Heat. And, like, I just, I hit the wall. I couldn't do it anymore, man. I could not do it. 
like Embiid's like shooting threes because like you know Simmons won't shoot him, and then we had like 15 post ups in one possession. It's just awful. We're like daring Jimmy Butler to shoot mid range shots. He's making every one of them. Brett looked upset. Matisse Stiebel was ignoring him. This was dark, man. And then like two days later, Robert Covington doesn't come home. He doesn't return. He goes to his other home. Um, this has been dark, and I'm not gonna lie. Alec Burks and Warren Robinson, they didn't, they didn't change it for me, man. I mean, it's cool. I like it. Burks is a pretty good pickup, but it wasn't the uh, momentum shifter I needed. I'm pretty sure. Like this team could get bounced in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. They could also like win the East, and I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know at this. Point. I honestly don't know at this point. We've lost two games at home, and we've lost like 20 games overall. <laughs> they, they play the Bucks tonight, don't they? They do. They they die against the Bucks tonight, and we we end it or we finish. <laughs> this this is why they game, brought we Al Horford off. to to Philadelphia, though. Oh, the young okay. stopper. Let's talk about Al Horford. That man betrayed me, Jeremy. <laughs> and this is why. This is why. Okay, we're going to get to this. The title, the hips don't lie business. There is no need for this today. On this week of all weeks, okay. I people that know about this podcast. So if you're watching this now, I assume you know about it. A couple of weeks ago, I even had on a Al Horford Appreciator shirt, okay? All I'd seen this man do was destroy the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't watch Celtics games unless they're playing us. Why would I? Do you think I'm crazy? I was I was, you know, of the belief he was the greatest center in the history of basketball. Little did I know that the 13-6 and six stat line, all this, you know, there's more, there's more than the stat line. I'm not even sure it's true anymore, Jeremy. I'm pretty sure he's a spy. Like, he has turned us into last year's Celtics. I don't know what's going on. Can someone help do, me with this? Do you Jeremy, think you the Celtics? Do you think the Celtics sent him to Philadelphia to yes. sabotage the team from the inside? Yes, one hundred percent. That's what I think is happening. And I think Joe Embiid will be a Miami Heat player next year, and it's making me very, very scared. There's a lot of dangerous stuff going on here. Okay, every interview with Embiid makes me less confident he's going to be a Sixer. You know, it's very bad. You know, and you've got the hips don't lie business going on in the side on the background. You know. <laughs> You're expecting live performances out of me, and I'm sitting here worried about Al Holford's allegiance. And all I wanted, literally all I wanted, Jeremy, was Robert Covington. That's all I wanted. He wouldn't even made us better. That's the funniest part of it. But I just wanted him. It would have made me happier. But we didn't get that. We got Alec Burks, which probably is a better, you know, a better deal. But that's not what I asked for. So I'm not happy with it. Robert Covington went to the Rockets so they can play yeah. five guards at all times. This rules. This is so good. This is me in 2K. This is what I do in 2K. This is why it rules, though, okay? Like, let's be honest. This is the end. Like, Dan Tony and Maury, like, as a, that's, this is the end of that, right? If they, if they get bounced yeah. in the second round. So, like, just do it, man. Do not be sitting there in the second round watching Clint Capella sit on the bench thinking, we should have just did the small ball thing. Just do it. Just have fun. Let's enjoy ourselves, you know? I imagine they win it with PJ Tucker as the center. Man, that would be amazing. Covington. So I guess Gordon's the power forward, or Covington is the power forward, right? Covington, I guess. I think the lineup is going to be Westbrook, Harden, Gordon, Covington, Tucker. I think that's going to be their their five, and then they've got Macklemore and, and Daniel House as well. Like you know, yeah. Tony, he only plays seven guys in the playoffs anyway, so that that's their seven man rotation and. I, yeah, this is me in 2K. I, I will take like Ben Simmons and just surround him with shooters and say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes. Run pick and rolls. That's a novel idea. That's, a, that's an interesting idea, Jim. Why don't you tell Evan Brown about that idea? Huh? Why don't you give him that idea? That'd be good. Shooters around a elite playmaker that doesn't shoot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not frustrated. Carry on. I mean, that's what the Bucks essentially did with Giannis, and Giannis has actually developed a semi-decent outside shot, but they just put a bunch of shooters around them and it was like, just go to work, find open guys, and... Like- do you realize that like Simmons leads the league in finding three pointers? Like him, he his leads the league in passes to three point shots, and our team has no real shooting whatsoever. Like imagine him on a team with actual shooting. I thought Tobias uh, Harris was supposed to be able to shoot. He could, and then he saw, he joined the Sixers. Oh, he's he's percentage on the Clippers. This is not this is not exaggeration. I mean, it's not true because I don't know the stats, but I'm pretty sure his percentage was forty one percent from three when he was on the Clippers. And I think he shot 32% for the Sixers. Oh, we have a super chat. I don't know how to do this stuff, but Sean is much better than I am. Rob a Wilson, super chat? Yeah. Somebody actually paid us Wow. To, <laughs> to for this show. Rob Wilkins. Oh. Shout out to Rob Wilkins. Good dude. He made the graphic for our, our big teaser. <laughs> I can honestly say I'm watching the distraction with my pants off. Put some pants wow. on. Granted, wow. the Wiggins trade made my day. We've got to talk about the injury. Oh, See, now that makes it worse. Why am I often hear about people that are happy with their NBA teams? You know, they've lost like 25 games in a row. I know he's, I know he should be happy. I understand that. Fair enough. I'm happy for you too. But, man, I'm worried about Al Horford over here. But, yes, we do need to talk about it. This is hilarious. Why? What is happening? Why? Rob's question is, who is taller, SRS or Bull Bull? Um, I'm legally obligated to say Sean Ross Sapp is taller than Bull Bull. Yes. Yeah, same answer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggins, uh, Wiggins is not. I mean, Wiggins isn't good. I don't Wiggins think. is so bad. He kills the Thunder, though. I can't stand him because every single year they've actually done a good job on him this year. But for the past couple of years, everyone's like, "Oh, Wiggins is so bad. Wiggins is so bad." And he, he plays, okay, in, yeah. and he has like forty. He's hitting like game winners. He's hit two game winners against OKC in his career. It's like I thought this guy was supposed to be bad. He he just kills them. And now he's going to go to um, Golden State where they have St- Steph who kills OKC and Clay who kills OKC and Draymond who kicks OKC in the nuts. And they're just never going to beat the, the Thunder. Or they're never going to beat the yeah, Warriors. Yeah, I mean, we should be fair. Like, it's not like he's bad per se. However, I have no clue why you rush to get Russell out the door. I don't understand this. Why would you do like, In the summer, it could be a totally different landscape. I mean, I... we're talking about the, the Sixers. We were just talking about them. 
man, how do you know if they don't get balanced in the first round that Elton doesn't get very scared and starts dealing Ben Simmons? That'd be some craziness. You could have got Ben Simmons for D'Angelo Russell, Jeremy. That'd be crazy. My, like, my whole thing is the Warriors were kind of in a good position. D'Angelo Russell is good. He's a good playmaker. He can create his yeah, own And he's not going to get carried away, but yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. It was an he's all-star fine. last year. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's fine, but... He's good. He's more than fine. Like, well, fine, fine implies like he's just a middle-of-the-pack player to yes me. no I'm a, I'm a Sixers fan I don't like players that can dribble and shoot so he's not for <laughs> me but the uh he's better than Wiggins okay I'll, I'll say that much <laughs> you could have next year you could have you could have run a lineup with let's say you get a top three pick because the Warriors are in line for a top three pick you you draft James Wiseman for your center you get Draymond and you run a lineup with Steph Clay and D'Angelo Russell like people are worried about oh three guards OKC is six in the West with three guards as their best lineup. Yeah. And the other thing is, he's like, there's like a concern that he can't play off ball, Russell. And it's like, is Wiggins the guy that solves that? Like, really? Yeah. He's like, a, he's a ball stopper. Like, I don't get, I don't know, man. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched the Timberwolves in like three months. Maybe I'm missing something. But like, at his best, I still don't get how he's like a stylistic fit. Unless, like, you, there was someone, I believe it was you, Jeremy, my co-host, tweeted the funny stuff about, like, they've replaced Kevin Durant with Wiggins. Yeah. Like, do you think there's genuinely, like, a thought that, like, he's just going to be an isolation scorer and, like, when it, I, you know, we'll just give I, the ball to Wiggins sometimes? I hope, <laughs> I hope that's what it is, because Durant, I mean, he fit in with the Warriors relatively well, but there was all those times in the playoffs where he's like, give me the ball in the post so I can yeah. get my post up. Like, that's what I want out of Wiggins. I want Wiggins on the low block or, or the mid, mid block and calling for the calling for the ball and be like, let me get my touches, guys. I gotta get my shots up. How many months will it take for Draymond Green to say something <laughs> back? No, no, I know I've not said nothing original. I know everyone's saying that on Twitter, social media and stuff, but seriously, like, we saying, like, December... Is he going to start talking about him? I feel it will be around December. then. December. I think it's going to be before the end of the season. Wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize. I didn't even think about the fact that for the rest of the season, the team is just Wiggins and Draymond. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow, that's incredible. And they haven't got Alec Burks, any of them. Have they even got any players? What, what's going on? Uh, they've got Eric Paschel. Everybody's very high on him. They are. I, would, I can't tell you anything. I don't, again, look, I'm not watching the Warriors right now. It's not happening. But... It is, it is good fun. The trade is very exciting for Timberwolves fans. I don't know how they've managed it, to be honest. Because I remember everyone being like, man, that, that contract's going to be impossible to get rid of. It wasn't at all, really. They got a pretty good player for it, you know? Or in your mind, a very good player for it. So, you I know, it's pretty good. It's pretty I didn't good. say very good. Oh, I mean, okay. they, they, That's true. You said good and I said fine, right? That was yeah. the... Yeah. I, well, I'm a big fan of... I tried trading Russell Westbrook for D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle years ago. I love how you said that like it was an anecdote from when you was the GM of the team. <laughs> like, for a minute there, I, I felt we were doing a different podcast together and I was talking to Sam Presti. It was incredible. I tried doing it years ago. Yeah. No, yeah. this was this is what my friend always rips on me for it and is like, that's the dumbest trade. Truthfully, the dumbest trade I, I tried was even further back was when I traded Russell... I've tried trading Russell Westbrook a lot of times in my, my Thunder <laughs> fandom. Uh, but it was Russell Westbrook for Ty Lawson and Kenneth Fareed from the Denver days. What a disaster that would have turned out to my be. My God, that's incredible. Kenneth Fareed isn't on the team right now, right? No, Ty Lawson isn't either. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was fully aware of that. I just wasn't sure if Fareed... Yeah, Why don't Houston go back to Fareed? I don't get it. Because uh, he's not good. Yeah, but I mean, look at the look at their fives at the minute. I they mean, he can give like for for Bruno Cabacalo. 
Yes, my point exactly. <laughs> Why don't they not go after Kenneth Reed? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, look, I, you know, Wiggins for Russell is a trade between two players I will never, ever go out my way to watch. So they can have fun with it. Again, I'm happy for Rob. He give us money. That's very cool. But he should put pants on, definitely. That's out of control. You know, this isn't that sort of podcast. I think we've made that clear by now. You know, this is... This is humorous, perhaps, but it's not crass under any circumstances. You know, we don't need that kind of content on here. We're 10 minutes away from the trade deadline, and mm. things seem kind of... What do you think of the Marcus Morris going to the Clippers? It's, it's not like a... To me, it isn't a, um, like a fill-in-the-gap thing. It's just extra, like, extra firepower, isn't it? Right? You know, it's, it's good. It's a cool deal, but like, to me, they need rim protection. And he's not giving them that. He's just giving them more shooting. But I guess, who's been getting minutes for them at, at the backup four? Is it Jermichael Green or have they been playing him? Jermichael Green and Patrick Patterson have kind of been Yeah, playing. so he just slots in Patterson's spot, right? He's it's much fine. better than Patterson, too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Patterson, I couldn't believe how well he was playing for them at the start of the season. I didn't think he'd even get minutes. And he was, like, knocking down threes. So, Morris is a huge upgrade. I mean, he's having an amazing... Am I right in saying he's shooting like 50% from free for the Knicks? He's shooting very well. I, I Marcus Morris is good. He was good in, in Boston. Impossible to like him. It? It's impossible. Like, you just can't like Marcus Morris. It's the rules of basketball, isn't it? You that's know? fair. Yeah, that, that's very fair. You know, he's like, like... We have Mike Scott, and it's like, he's Mike Scott. Yes, he's better at basketball, but he's like, everything you like about Mike Scott taken away. You know, and there's just nothing. There's no fun there. Notification, yes, it is in fact a confirmed deal. I can confirm, Jeremy. Marcus Morris, done deal. Incredible. There you go. I broke that story, I believe. I know, but I was just, you know, you know I have the final connects on these kind of things. Jerry West just told me it's done. Alright. Done deal. It's a done deal. Did we cover all the wrestling topics, Jeremy? Um, you we talked about Charlotte. Did you want to talk more about Charlotte and, and no, really? No. Okay. No, definitely not. I, I do think it's funny that like. Did they, we pay proper tribute to the Fed? I mean, it's like, no it's I, dead. Yeah, but we like that can be its own show, right? I mean, when you know when they uh, officially close the network down and sell it to the National Wrestling Alliance, then we can do like a like a live show for it. You know, another live show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know you know in all seriousness, here's something that is interesting. Like, do you have any actual takes about the network? Oh, wait, Rachel Nichols hit the buzzer. <gasps> I don't know what that means. Oh, no. It could be a trade that we already know about, but... Oh, no. It's probably just Marcus Morris. She keeps hitting it, but they're not... I, I don't. I can't have the sound on for... I have no idea what you're talking about. This, this is this is on ESPN, correct? Yeah. Oh, they're going to commercial. Is it the commercial break buzzer now? I thought oh, it was the trade that, buzzer. We traded James Ennisway for a second-round pick. That's a good like, deal. What? Why? Why are we doing that? James Innes gets like two offensive rebounds sometimes, and it's well exciting, you know. Like, <laughs> well, Embiid can get those rebounds now. No, he's out on the three-point line at all times. <laughs> no, I um, saw, I saw the 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 play that they ran where they tried to have three guys posting up, and then uh, who who was outside? Horford and. Somebody else were, were Shake, on the outside. I think outside. it was Shake Milton. Yeah, Shake, I don't know if Shake Milton can shoot, but they were guarding him like he, he can, can shoot. Little. He and, can a little bit. He's the kind of guy you just dare to shoot, right? Like just, just please beat us, Shake Milton, you know? Yeah, the the Tobias, Simmons, and Embiid were all like calling for post-ups right. at the same time. Your point. first mistake <laughs> is saying we ran a play. We run no plays, okay? <laughs> we run no plays. Last year, we had one play, and it was very simple. J.J. Riddick would run in a circle four times, right? And on the fifth 
time, Embiid would hand it off to him and he'd shoot a free. Didn't always make it, but it was a play, okay? When JJ left, oh, I'm pretty sure... it's a three-team trade. So it's the Clippers, Knicks, and Wizards. And... Why did Jerry not tell me this? Yeah, Marcus Moore, Isaiah Thomas to the Clippers. Remember him? Wow, Jerome... that's actually kind of, that's kind of neat, man. Jerome Robinson to the Wizards, Mo Harkless, and a first-round pick. Do you know what? If you can steal 12 minutes of Isaiah Thomas playmaking, that's not bad. You know? Isaiah like, Thomas obviously... can still get buckets. You see what I'm saying? Like, tw- like defensively, it's a problem. They have got so many good defenders because they are kind of a little bit lacking in, in like, obviously, Paul, um, Beverly isn't a traditional point guard, right? So, like, when Lou Williams comes on, he runs the offense a little bit. But like, you can get some minutes out of Isaiah. That's pretty cool. I think. I think it's a good deal. Man, I, you see it? I liked it. I mean, I picked the Clippers um, to to go to the finals. So, I think they're winning it, to be honest with you. I'm for this. You don't want to know who I picked to actually win, but... Milwaukee? No. Who? Well, I'm confused. Uh, Miami? <laughs> no. I, I picked I picked your 76ers, oh. and that's not looking too good for me right now. Oh, that's very bad. Yeah. I think we're looking at... I'm My hot take, which isn't hot, is that I think we're going to get a Clippers Heat final. That's my take. Clippers. You think the Heat are coming out of the East? Yeah, they've convinced really? me. Because they've got so much shooting, but now that they've got Iguodala, it's like, if Hero and Robinson are getting, like, attacked defensively, the fact that you can just slot in Iguodala is, that's that's powerful, man. That's real good. And I just feel like Spolstra will figure out, like, all these ways to stop Greek Freak, or slow him down, you know? They'll play, like, a little weird zone, and then they'll throw every player at him. I don't know. I just think they're super smart. They're much smarter than us. Much, much smarter. Like we, Sixers fans, man, we made fools of ourselves. We all laughed at them, but we actually made fun of them. Like, oh, Jimmy's off to South Beach. Good luck. <laughs> They've got like five more wins than us. <laughs> I don't the, know. The Sixers went the opposite of the Rock. I want to see Sixers and Rockets in the finals. Let's go ultimate big team against ultimate small team. Dude, if we made it to the finals and lost to that team, it would be like, <laughs> it would be the worst. It would be the worst thing ever. What was um, we talking about? What was the big the big wrestling topic? Oh, right, okay. I have a big question for you. Are you um, do you have any actual interesting takes about this network situation, like the network numbers going down? Because this is kind of interesting, I feel. I think it is, maybe. I The weird thing about the network is like, it's a great value, obviously. You get all this stuff for $9.99 if you haven't heard, and you can sign up and you can get one month free or three months free or whatever the, the deal is. <laughs> that they they keep trying to to throw at you um Mm -hmm. but now it sounds like they're gonna kind of go the the ufc route where they have fight pass and they they do live events on fight pass sometimes but even though that's been cut out um but fight pass is basically like hey here's regional shows here's karate shows here's jujitsu shows and their big pay-per-views are and their big shows are now on ESPN Plus, like it sounds like that's what WWE is doing. I, I totally get that from a from the revenue point of view, it makes a lot of sense. But part of me thinks they're just like there's not enough on the network to make normal fans subscribe. Like me, I watch WCW at least ten hours of every day. Okay, Jeremy, for me, the network is the greatest invention of all time. For a normal person, like they can easily miss. TLC or Fastlane. Like, I just don't see why they'd subscribe. Because 
that's all it is. Like, if you're getting... So on TV right now, there's seven hours of WWE TV, correct? It takes a pretty hardcore fan at the end of that seven hours to be like, man, I need to see the pay-per-view. <laughs> Most people just wait till Monday. And I don't mean Monday night, I mean Monday morning. Go on Twitter and watch it through GIFs. You know, like, I just don't... It's tough. This It's so hard to balance the amount of TV content they produce with getting people to pay for events. Like, it's just it's just not necessary for most people. We actually watch it and, like, sometimes care about it, so it's a bit different, you know? I think the, the biggest problem was that they, they gave away all these free trials trying to entice people to, you know, sign up and join, and then they would hope that maybe, oh, they just won't cancel their subscription. And so, well, we'll count them as subscribers. And, like, that, like, that didn't really work. And no. so you're giving away all these, like you're giving away WrestleMania for free. You're giving away Royal Rumble, SummerSlam. You're like you're giving away those for free. Like, if you want to do the free month stuff on the the non-big pay per views, that that's fine. Like you can do it then. But to do it for these big pay per views, you're not generating anything out of that because, like you said, a lot of people they're not going to care about the these TLC shows and stuff like that yeah. like wrestlemania like that's when you want people to subscribe that's when you want people to to pay money i know this doesn't make any sense because the last thing they need is more content but a part of me thinks they need to like figure out a way to make the network its own like commodity in the sense that as a fan of wwe you could just purely watch stuff that's on the network and survive through that i feel that would make it more like for example okay if there was like just on a house show weekend, if they televised something and they made it like a concept. So like, say there was a mixed match challenge aired live on a weekend and it was just, it had no relevance to the product, right? It was not in, like, you know, it wasn't a part of Raw or SmackDown. But like, as a network subscriber, it would mean that you get your WWE feel for that month outside of just the pay-per-view. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, just other actual wrestling on there because a lot of people don't care about like, Ride Along, which isn't even a good show. I come to that conclusion this week. That's the other thing that made this week sad. Like, I convince myself Ride Long's good every time someone I like is on it, and then it's just not at all any good. It's very sad. You know? None of these shows are actually good, really. <laughs> Table 3's been ruined. It's like an advertisement now. Like, I don't think them things are really what you need to focus on. I think they need more actual wrestling with the main roster talent on there. Because I don't think Evolve would solve it. I don't think that would like skyrocket the numbers, you know? I, like, I, I'm in agreement, and I thought this is where they were going with the, the tiered network stuff. It's like, all right... Your free stuff, you just get basically what you see on YouTube. You you get your current stuff, which kind of stays the same, and then you get your your premium stuff, which would not only be like more content, like you get maybe house shows, like you get a house show a week. The San Antonio Spurs have informed Demar Derozan he will not, yeah, because they can't move Demar Derozan. Like, what are they gonna tell him? Hey, we is that tried... the same as a scoop? Yeah, that counts as a scoop apparently. Wow. Okay. Like, what? Um, uh, and then you, you do your, your tiered network, so you get like a house show per week or something. Because, I mean, I don't know if people want to like watch these NXT house shows, but you get some cool debuts on these NXT house shows. Like th this yeah. is where the the new signings show up first as these NXT live events. And you also, and I think this is why they were talking to all these regional promotions as well. Like we know they have working relationships with Evolve, with WXW, with Progress. Like why isn't that stuff on your network as well? Like Evolve has its own streaming thing. Uh, Progress has its own streaming thing, but the events are like five days late. I don't know if WXW has, has any type of streaming mm. service, but 
like why isn't that stuff on your network too like you've got to make it a destination for just all things wrestling and so then you're attracting some some independent fans as well yeah and you're still getting your you know your wwe fan base like hey you can get extra wwe content and like i don't mind the the personality stuff i think the wwe 24 yeah yeah, like that like that stuff i I think is good but you're right for for people like me and you like the main stuff i'm watching on the network is like old rawls and and old wcws and 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 the pay-per-views i'm not i should actually say in fairness you're right the 24 series is amazing the 365 series is amazing that isn't enough on anyone who like the people that make them do a great job but the issue is there's only it isn't a massive audience that wants to watch them, basically. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... I don't know how many people would subscribe to watch a documentary, basically. Like, it's brilliant content. I just don't know if that's the place for it, almost. What you said earlier uh, about the fight pass and all that business, if they lose major pay-per-views, they have to do things with Evolve and stuff like that because I have fight pass. And one thing that is amazing about fight pass... Yeah, I mean... This is amazing, though, okay? Like, last, I think it was, when did the uh, Glory fight happen? The big fight, Butter Hurry fight. It was like late last year. And, like, I, I was like, okay, I want to watch this fight. Where is it on? It was on Fight Pass. I didn't even know it was on Fight Pass, and I'm subscribed. <laughs> so, they would need to kind of get, like, a real collection of other stuff, like, that would make up for the fact that there's no pet views. And then it would really become a hardcore fans app or subscription service, right? Like, it would be really for, like, the pure. I can't get enough wrestling, even though there's 400 hours of it on television. So, like someone like me, you know. I, I don't know. the The fight pass thing is I don't. You don't like, sound pro fight pass, Jeremy. I wanted to like get fight pass because I thought they were going to actually do like shows, and they did for a, a short period of time. They did, but then. It, they just like they stopped. I remember the, the Michael Bisbing Anderson Silva fight was on Fight Pass, and I'm pretty sure that was like oh, the biggest fight. I was at that fight, and it was like, were you? That was fascinating. We was at the, we was in the top of the arena, and the reaction when Anderson Silva won the fight but didn't actually win the fight and was on the cage celebrating is one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. <laughs> There was like everyone, like people started leaving. They were, they was like, oh, Anderson Silva won by knockout, and the referee was like, nope, didn't. <laughs> that was amazing. But that was not as weird as while we're talking about personal anecdotes, the Michael Bisping Dan Henderson rematch. That right. fight took place at five a.m. UK time, which is one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced. Like we had to, we was on US time in the UK. That was strange because that was on pay per view, I think. Yes, yeah, it that, was. Yeah. They they do that a lot because they they like to keep the pay per views still at ten o'clock and they don't do like the the three o'clock pay per views anymore like they used to do way back when. So they if they do go overseas, the pay per views are on at, at very weird times, which I don't understand. That's why the other they thing with the network. I'm stunned there hasn't been a UK pay per view. I'm actually quite shocked by this because if I'm one in Australia, man, How, that was that NXT UK takeover. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about a pay-per-view with, like, you know, the the stars of Raw and SmackDown. Finn Balor and Cesaro were on these shows. Yeah, but I didn't watch them, so that Walter doesn't count. Walter was on this show. Yeah, I hear people really like what they're doing with Walter He's as well. That sounds Raw? great. Yeah. When? When was he on Raw? Did I miss this? Uh, he was on the, when Raw went to the UK that one week, and oh. before Survivor Series, he was there. This must have been on my hiatus. Was this last Survivor Series, or was this the year before? No, it was this past one, 2019. 
Oh, I think I was watching then. That's even that's even better. That happens a lot, you know. Like you know, we we were talking about something earlier that happened like a month ago, and it felt like years, years and years had passed. I was recalling earlier about when Nia Jax and Dean Ambrose got involved in a physical confrontation, and I just thought, what a strange industry it is, you know? It's just bizarre. Like how is imagine predicting them where Ambrose would be now? He's about to fight Minoru Suzuki live. Are you excited for that? Ambrose and Suzuki, yes, one hundred percent. Mox and Suzuki, Jeremy, have some respect for the brand, please. Have some respect for what? <laughs> it's not Ambrose anymore, dude. Okay, you oh. got to respect the new the new branding. You got to respect it, Moxley. Well, they call him Mox, so go for that. Dean Ambrose is no no more. Just like the World Wrestling Federation is no more. I'm paying tribute to the World Wrestling Federation by speaking of one of not its Ghetto's former watch. biggest stars. Wow, is that true? So Ambrose is going to go in the Hall of Fame. The question is, what age will he go in the Hall of Fame, and will he return before that happens? Um, he, he will. He won't return. He won't return before it happens. I think AEW is here for the long haul. No Woj deals has for, a scoop. Yes. Yeah. No deals for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm I'm devastated. That could have been so much fun. I was hoping Mike Muscala would be moved back to the Sixers. <laughs> We're right. Look, we're riding this team to the championship, baby. Look, man. Sure, I'd I'd be more than happy with that. You know, that'd be actually amazing if Chris Paul led that team to the championship. That'd be an all-time great story, right? One hundred percent riding this team to the championship. It looks like that's it. The, there's going to be no more, no more deadline deals. That's sad, man. James Ennis was the last headline we had. It, it was a good deadline though. We had Andre Drummond move. We had the 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 Rockets going super small, shrinking Rockets. Uh, Andre Iguodala. Wait, can we talk about the the Memphis Grizzlies and John ja Morant being the best player in the absolute world with his uh, call out of Iguodala and oh, Steph Curry? Oh, you team are you team Grizzlies on this year? I'm one hundred percent team. I love John ja Morant. Is this any sort of bias against Golden State, I have interest. I don't mind if it is, I just am interested. No, I like people that are going to talk junk like John ja Morant did. And the Dylan problem Brooks. is, he's right, but Iguodala got paid another $15 million like two days oh, later. Oh yeah, it was a huge flex by Iguodala. I, I don't have an issue with that, but my whole thing is, they traded for Iguodala. Look, Memphis did very well. I'm a big fan of Justice Winslow as well. Yeah. I, I like what Memphis did. Like they traded for Iguodala because they wanted him to come in and maybe teach the young guys and stuff, and it, it didn't happen. And then they were hoping to flip him for an asset, and they did just that. They I must be super happy they didn't buy him out. That was a huge win. Yeah, huge I don't. Win. I don't begrudge the the Morant and Dylan Brooks for calling him out. Like they thought he was going to be there. Why? Why shouldn't they call him out? Yeah, and they are in the eight seed, right? Yeah. Do you think they're going to stay in the eight seed? Oh, man, it's really tough to doubt because I feel like the top seven are locked because those teams are like five, six games better than the Grizzlies. And it's going to be really tough for the Spurs like to doubt the Spurs and the Blazers, to think that the Grizzlies are going to make the team over the Spurs and the Blazers. It just it doesn't seem feasible. You know what I mean? But yeah. they Dude, the Spurs aren't good. Like no. they, they have the two worst quote unquote stars you could possibly have. And the 
the Blazers, that team is just like Lillard's awesome, but that team's a mess. I do think the Blazers will make it. I feel. Do you know what caught me off guard was like when Zion came back. Like all of a sudden, everyone was talking about them in the playoffs. I was like, "What? I never, when? Yeah, I never saw that. There's too many. Like if they were five games out and they were nine, it's like okay, I guess maybe. But like they're five games out and there's like four teams in between yeah, that, them and eight. Like, that's it's the just... thing. Like people, people can look at the games out and all right. You you can that's that's one way to look at it. All right, you're four or five games out. Maybe you can make up that ground. Mm-hmm. It's you've got to jump teams as well. So not only yes. do you have to win, those teams have to lose. And they're not gonna lose every single game. Like it's a lot easier like being five games out at, like you said, being five games out at ninth, okay, that's one thing. Being five games out and thirteenth, that's completely different. Yeah, and you know, I do like that team. I'm I'm a little surprised they didn't move Drew Holiday. A little bit, they, because I wonder, they're kind of guard-heavy, you know? I wonder what kind of offer the Nuggets made for him, because that was the big talk when they when that four-team deal went down, is that the Nuggets were trying to load up to, to make some kind of offer for Holiday, and obviously it didn't happen. I would like to know how interested they are in Al Horford this summer, please. Uh, if they can contact me, uh, Drew Holiday for Al Horford would help us very, very much. All right, so... Um, we will sweeten the deal. We are willing to throw in a signed photo of Brett Brown. Um, I will send you... Uh, what can we do for the distraction? Maybe like a signed microphone or something? Maybe something like that? And um, we'll try and get the deal over the line. I'm a little bit disappointed that the last Sixers dealing was just getting rid of James Ennis for nothing whatsoever. That was somewhat sad. I'm gonna that be second round you. pick's going to turn into Draymond. Yeah. Do you think Draymond's going to get traded in this contract? He's got it, right? It has to happen. <laughs> I mean, just like, it ha- like, it's all well and good, like loyalty, Steph, Clay, Draymond, but at some point, they're going to hit just, I feel it's going to have to hit a wall. Where where were you with, with the Draymond talk years ago of this guy's like a top 20 player? Yeah, see, this is complex. I've seen you tweet about this, but... Like, he is a winning player when he's surrounded by great players. But then, then that, that begs the question, is that, like, does that make him top 20? No. <laughs> like, because a top 20 player makes a team a winning team, and he clearly doesn't do that. So, yeah, no, he's not a top 20 player. I... He's great on, like, a player. Like, he was great for that team, basically, right? That's what yeah. it was, really. Yeah. I never understood of, like, Draymond is, is this amazing player. I think Draymond is a good player. D'Angelo Russell's better. He's a fine player. Draymond Green is a fine player. Yeah. Who benefited from getting to pass the ball to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Yeah, like he's <clears throat> offensively, he's only real like he's a good playmaker on the on the fast break. But again, is he or is he just sort of made look better by the fact the two best shooters in the world were like running alongside him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He is a good. He's good at it. Like he's a lot of the time when Sixers fans talk about Ben Simmons, they talk about like we kind of need him to be what Draymond was. But it's like I feel no, that you, we're you want Ben Simmons to be better than Draymond. That's that's it. Yeah, like because you know, like the whole thing with him is like he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can do a little bit of everything. It's like I don't know, man. Like I feel <laughs> I feel Ben Simmons can be a lot more than just like he runs the odd fast break and plays great defense. Like I, mean, I think you can, I think he's doing that already pretty fine. But he doesn't have that, like, that pure ignorance that Draymond has when he would shoot the free. Before, like, last year, where he would do it with full confidence, that ruled. Last year it went, though, right? Like, he had to, like, look around for five seconds and be like, okay, now I take one. Yeah. 
last year yeah. he was definitely looking for an open guy. I mean, he had to play alongside Durant, Steph, and Clay. Like, I'd be looking for the open guy as yes. well. How do you feel about Westbrook becoming, like, actually becoming Ben Simmons and just saying, I will never, ever shoot another three-pointer? Do you, are you pro this? I it's, like it. It's very heartbreaking that it took him this long. <laughs> yes. I, 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 legitimately, I legitimately wrote a column, like, two, three years ago that essentially put Westbrook on a shot count. So he would get one three-pointer per quarter. And if he if he made it, if he made that first one, he could take another. But if he didn't make it, that was it. He he used up his three. So it limits him to four threes an entire game. Or if he made one, he would get more. And, but then his percentages would be better. So at worst, he's going 0 for 4 from three, yeah. which, which is okay. You know, like that that's fine. You can deal with that. And yeah, especially considering the amount of shots he was taking. He's taking like 26 per game, and he was always taking like six threes per game and stuff like this was my my big i've been when okc played their best it was when westbrook just decided i'm not taking these threes so i'm i'm glad that he's actually doing this now and but it is heartbreaking that i assume like the alternative that you guys like is when he gets to the rim not like the mid-range are you fine with the mid-range shot that he takes that he likes a lot sometimes or do you prefer him to get to the rim I was fine with the mid-range shot a few years ago. Last year, it completely yeah, yeah. abandoned him. And so it was like, all right, stop taking it. But well, this year, is the thing. Okay, like, you're, you've experienced a lot of suffering with Russell Westbrook, right? Yes. And, like, I'm, I'm a Sixers fan. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, like, in regards to, like, how he was perceived by the media, it's like, do you not think there's, like, a clear line of, like, where he's right and wrong with the way Westbrook used to play and the way Simmons plays now in the sense of, like, like... Russell Westbrook is better when he just takes the shots that he's capable of making. He drives to the rim, pressures defenses. And it's like, is it better to just take bad shots? Like, do you actually earn the opposition's respect by shooting 15% from free? Like, I, I honestly don't know. No, because this is what the Blazers did to him in the playoffs, as they gave yeah, him 15 feet to shoot and said, hey, go for it. And he was so confident. I would much rather – I've had this conversation with, with my friend before, and we would much rather just have someone like Ben Simmons where you realize your limitations yeah. and you 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 actively hurt the team when you just take bad shots yes. like that. Like yes. it's, it's essentially a turnover. Like, Giannis is shooting – I believe he's shooting like over 30% from three this year. Like, I think he's respectable this year. And even still, every team wants him to shoot free. Like, this idea that if Ben Simmons walked out and took a free every game, people would be like, get on him, man. Get on him at that three-point line. Like, it's just not happening, right? Like, he's always going to be dead to shoot. The same way Westbrook's always dead to shoot. Same thing with Greek Freak. It's like, it is what it is. It's just a matter of whether you want to take the most efficient shot, you know? I mean, we've gone, we've really dived deep into basketball philosophy with that one, you know? I mean, earlier we were just shouting about James Ennis and stuff, but that was different. That was a different level there we just went into. The Heat. And the Thunder discussed deals for Gallinari, but Miami and Gallinari couldn't agree on an extension because he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be in OKC like everyone else. Oh, um, uh, wants to retain 2021 cap space, offered a two-year deal with a team option. Gallinari should earn more money by waiting until the summer to sign a deal. This was my suspicions the whole time is that... Sign and trade. Yeah, OKC would do a sign and trade in the uh, offseason with Gallinari, which I'm, I'm 100% fine with. I'm sorry to report that Josh Richardson held a players-only meeting on Wednesday to galvanise the team. And 
Players only meetings are never ever good. Is things, that true? Ever. Yes, that's actually true. It's just come from my phone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, I see. I see the the Shams tweet now. Oh boy. Yeah, that I'm sure that went well. Did you see Al Horford's quote about the Sixers uh, like morale? Did you see it? He I said, saw a lot of quotes of like Simmons or Embiid said they were soft, and Simmons said some stuff. What did what, yes. what, what did Al Horford said? Say? We have some stuff going on internally, but I won't talk about that. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I did see that quote. Who does that help, Al? Tell me, please, because you're not telling me about it. So why tell me at all? That's what I would like to know. He's a spy, man. He's a spy. I was fooled. All of this, there's more to it than the stat sheet. It's nonsense. There is no more to it, man. He just shoots 34% from free, and it's just sad. He doesn't even protect the rim for most of the games, man. I've lost faith. Jeremy, I'm defeated in terms of that whole thing. I, I was all in. Just wait until he locks down Giannis tonight, and it's it's completely... That's a wrap. This is what they brought him to Philadelphia for, to lock down Giannis. This is the only yeah. reason. They were worried about regular season now. They're yeah, like, we're going to see the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we're going to need someone to lock down Giannis, and that's why we got Al Horford. Don't but worry about But the only problem it, is that the last time we played the Bucks, he didn't even really guard him. <laughs> and, and, and Giannis is just scared. Giannis, yeah, true, Giannis yeah. is just scared of him. That's what it true. is. I don't know. I thought we'd be a better father for our team than J.J. Redick, but I was wrong. And I'd like to apologize to J.J. while I have the platform. I also just realized we've been podcasting live for 80 minutes, and I feel we did about 25 minutes of professional wrestling talk. <laughs> Is that higher or lower than our usual percentage, would you say? <laughs> uh, that, that's way lower. We, we yeah. should wrap this thing up. It doesn't look like there's any more trades coming through. So, and I mean, Is there anything else wrestling-wise you would like to speak about? No, I'm just speaking about James Ennis. That's really all I can say. Thank you, Pour James, for what you give us. James Ennis. Yeah, man, he gave us a lot of offensive rebounds. He was also one of them players that every once in a while would pull out a play that was so, like, bad, it was good fun, you know? Like, he'd be on an open layup and just blow it, and it's like, ah, it's fine, he's James Ennis. And we've <laughs> lost him now, so um, it's another sad day for a sad week. The Fed died, God bless them. Um, all hail the National Wrestling Alliance. That's all I have to say. Everyone sign up to FightfulSelect.com. You can get Joe wins the next feature. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to do one for the Saudi Arabia show. Should I do one? What, what are you going to do on Goldberg? Oh, Goldberg's back. Yeah. I forgot about Goldberg. Who is Goldberg going to wrestle? We'll end on that note. King Corbin. <sighs> yep, probably right. <laughs> I won't be right about Goldberg, no. <laughs> um, well, Joe will have a feature at some point, at some time in the in the future. Some point, yeah. And if you sign up to Fightful Select, you can get early access to that. Um, Fightful Select, also some breaking news. There's some exclusive news you're not going to find anywhere else. Extra audio, extra podcast, Sour Graphs with Alex Pulowski. Check that out. Check out Fightful.com. We have the AEW Power Rankings are up right now on Fightful. A lot of scoops in there. A lot of fake. Wow. How? Look, I got reactions to to the whipping segment with Cody. Cody <laughs> was not happy that Brandy, Arn, Dustin, and everybody came down. Not happy at all. <laughs> they brought his leadership into question, right? Yes. That's not. That's not, not good. Not good. A um, lot of scoops in there. Real sports scoops from from AEW last night. If you want to check that out, Joe, where can they follow you on Twitter? 
They can uh, find me on Twitter at Joe Holbert 5. Uh, we know the rules by now. No negative comments, please. Only praise. Uh, and I might reply. Oh, I, I do actually have to apologise because I've just realised that i got about four topic suggestions that I've totally ignored for the whole podcast. So maybe we'll get to them next week, Jeremy. That's all I can say. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to talk about Backlash 2018. It was a yes. show. There's your and I had actual, like, someone had, like, actual good ideas for, like, concepts for topics. And I just, legitimately, this was a week ago, and I just forgot all about them because we just traded James Ennis. So that was it. <laughs> and that was a, I was going to bring him up. But let's be honest, we've got a lot of dead weeks coming up, I feel. Oh, look, you know? speaking of, there, there's going to be no show next week. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I, a super dead week. <laughs> yeah, I, I will be on vacation. So, I mean, Joe can do a solo show. Joe won't do a solo show. No way. That would be that would be a terrible, terrible hour of audio, man. I need I need someone to throw the lobs up for I can try and slam them, you know. Like me just trying to run an offense is no good. I'm a spot up shooter too. Let's not forget that. You know, I'm coming off screens, Bellinelli, you know. Running, running in circles four times, and on the fifth time, I hand you yes. the ball for the shot. Love you, JJ. I hope you're watching, pal. I know you're not, but I hope you are. <laughs> Uh, no show next week as I will be gone. So we'll be back in two weeks. Hopefully there's no like monster news next week that I miss. And really, I'm not going to care because I'm going to be in Colorado and, and skiing and watching hockey. So it'll be a good time, at least for me. I had something else I was going to say. And, oh, I know what I was going to say. Joe, you yes. owe the people a I don't. I do have an, I do have an idea, uh, which is not singing whatsoever. Um but if people tweet me any interest in this, I will go live next week on the Twitter machine at this time, okay? So if you love the distraction that much, you can join me on there. And I may sing on there, okay? Joe, I'm Joe, Joe. There will be no singing, Jeremy. There will be no singing. Joe. There will be no singing because it sets a dangerous precedent. It sets a dangerous precedent because I tweet many silly things, and if I'm held to them, dangerous stuff happens. There will be no singing. But you may get some singing on a Twitter live. Is there a, is Periscope still being? What's Periscope? Is that gone now? I don't tout. Know. You can use Tout. The Twitter live stream machine will be used, and I may sing. But I'll not be singing Shakira under any circumstances Joe, at all, never. We, we promise the people. I promise nothing, okay? I'm not the promoter. I'm just the performer. I told you, you throw the alley This one was way off. That one went out of bounds. <laughs> I'm not doing no singing, especially not Shakira. We okay. promise the people hips don't lie, Joe. I promise nothing, okay? We did talk about the Fed dying uh, and whatever other the headline was. And we talked about the NBA for like two hours. That's all they're getting this week, Jeremy, okay? I'm sorry. I know I've let everyone down, but it's the way it is, man. I'm not a live performer, you know? I'm not there yet. This was a live show, but it wasn't no live performance. I could see that much. I, I bent over backwards to give you this live show on trade deadline day. When Woj starts singing on a deadline day, I will sing, okay? Well, it's not happening. right now on ESPN. Well, I'm, I'm here as a journalist. Okay? He's singing Taylor Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. I will sing Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. I'm, I'm more likely to sing Taylor Swift than I am Shakira. Do you want to sing no, a Taylor Swift song with me? Not now. No, I need to Why prepare not? for it. Because I'm not going to be able to just... You can't just pull a Taylor Swift. I'm like, okay, I've got it. I know, Maybe I know where I'm going. Bad Blood. Used to be yeah. Mad Love. Go, Joe. No, Take a look no. what you've got. No, this is this has got way out of control Go. now. No, we, you need to give me a week of prep for Taylor Swift talk. We'll talk about Taylor Swift in two weeks. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll do an hour of Taylor Swift talk. I'll do research, <laughs> extensive research. 
<laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new show, and we're going to talk about Taylor Swift for two hours, apparently. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.